0: Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya.
1: All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and while I came up with a great solution to how to fix the Broncos, Nick could not come up with one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep doing it. Just keep letting everybody do whatever, you know? It's whatever. No. Give it back to Hackett. Let him let him finish out on, on a high note is my opinion. But uh, it, it doesn't matter, Nick. But one thing that they could use, Nick, is to just be healthy. Uh, and there's a lot of guys on the injured reserve. I think uh, league-high 15 players on the injured reserve. I want to say um, it's somewhere around 9 or 10 hamstring. Um, not all those guys, obviously, on the injured reserve are, are hamstring, I'm, I'm saying. This season, I think there's been nine or ten hamstring injuries alone on this football team. Now, hamstring injuries are a common injury, right? I mean, that, that happens in football often. But why do you think this has been an issue for the Broncos this year, Dick? Is there something you can point to and say that's why? I, I know a lot of people want to point back and be like, well, it's because they didn't go hard enough in training camp and preseason. And I, I don't buy that for one second. Uh, but what, what can you put your, your finger on
0: what, why they've had so many hamstring injuries? No, because there's so many uh, different uh, things that can contribute to it. I know the low-hanging fruit that uh, some of, of our uh, local friendlies here have said they blame it on Lauren Landau, the strength and conditioning coach, because that seems to be the obvious person to point the finger at. But when it comes to hamstring injuries, here are a couple of things that factor in. You have to factor in, are the guys warming up properly before uh, before games or before practice, right? Uh, the, I, watching Landau and watching practice, they do a good job of warming those guys up. But some of those guys, I mean, goes far beyond doing the things at practice. It, I mean, when you're at home, you have to stretch. We live here in Denver where it uh, can be really dry. You're dealing with altitude. So you have to keep your muscles saturated. So that means you have to drink water. So you have to stretch. You have to drink water, stay hydrated. Also, what's your diet like? Right. And I know uh, those guys have a better kind of training table than we have when I play. So it's about making sure that you're eating properly, not just at the facility, when you leave the facility as well. And also, are you doing the right recovery things after and before practice? That means hot tub, cold tub, all of those things to get you back, you know, uh running at a peak level. And I know that this this game takes a lot out of you, far as uh, you know, uh, dehydrating your body. So a lot of guys don't replenish the way that that they should. And I played with Champ Bailey, right, faster guy than I was, but he was always pulling his hamstring. And I said, well, that was kind of a consequence of being so fast. But these soft tissue injuries, especially when you get into the latter stages of the season, George, where the where the weather constantly change and We live in Denver, so you know it's warm one day, it's cold another. Are you doing the right things to make sure that your lower extremities are taken care of? So I look at it from that standpoint. And here's another thing, and I know I'm getting a little long-winded on this, but are you the type of player, when you're in practice, are you straining in practice? And what I mean by that, are you really pushing your body to the max? Because you can't just kind of slide and glide through practice and then get in the game and try to cut it loose. Your bro- your body's going to say, oh, wait a minute, man. We're not used to this. So that's why when I play, I constantly ran full speed to every single drill and I chased every single guy because once I got in the game, I didn't want it to be a shock to my body.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to any of that, Nick. Um, I, <laughs> I've never I've never pulled a hamstring. I'm not much of a runner um, as you probably know, but it is, it is unfortunate. Uh, and, and Cortland Sutton's the, the latest casualty to it. We don't know how long he'll be out, um, but what's your concern level for as soon as they get Jerry Judy back, they lose Cortland Sutton um, for that wide receiver room right now, especially, I mean, they're playing a bunch of young guys. You've got Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson, uh, Kendall Hinton stepped up and you know played well. Uh, but what's maybe your concern? I mean, when you talked about playmakers earlier, Nick, and they only had two receivers catch passes yesterday. Jerry Judy had four receptions. Kindlehead had one. Those are the only two players that caught uh, uh, passes that were receivers other than – I mean, Greg Dulcich doesn't really count because so, he's a tight end. But Maybe what's your concern? Count. He doesn't count as, as a receiver technically, wide receiver, like their receiving core. But obviously he's a big part of the offense. I'm just saying like you would, you would hope that more guys would get touches, right? Uh, and now you lose Cortland Sutton uh, for who knows how long.
0: But, but but I'm thinking maybe the Broncos have that same mentality that you share. I mean, Greg Dose is not a wide receiver, so he's not getting that as many touches. The idea is that you don't have that many weapons at your disposal, so you need to get everyone involved. And that's and that's crazy to think that when you look at the numbers here and you look at all the guys that uh, played yesterday, Hinton one 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 target, Boone one target, Matt one target, Sutton one target, Washington one target. So you had Judy, Murray, and Dosage having more than three targets in yesterday's game. That is not enough. I mean, Kendall Hinton has proven to be a quality wide receiver in this league. Get him more touches. Eric Salbert get him more touches. Jalen Virgil, right, the only touchdown scored against the Tennessee Titans. Guess what? After that, he has disappeared. He has not been involved with the offense. So we can sit and talk about the injuries that the Broncos have and having a, a lack of guys to kind of put out there for Russell Wilson, you still have guys. You just have to figure out a way to get them involved and get them more touches and more targets. That's the thing that's not happening. And this whole concept is, oh, well, you know what? Don't, we don't have the personnel. No one really cares. And no one really cares if you have guys who are injured because a lot of teams have injuries, maybe not as many guys on IR. But well, what do you do about the situation? And here's my question for you. Known as though there's only five games remaining in the season and the Broncos obviously are not going anywhere, right? If you are a player that's on uh injured reserve and you had an opportunity to come back, are you fighting to come back? Or you're saying, you know what? Yeah. That hamstring is bothering me a little more. What, where do you stand on that? Well, it's I think it's
1: different for each guy. Um, And what I mean by that, like Randy Gregory, for example, I think you could look at it different ways, right? Like if if they were playing for a playoff spot right now, I think he would maybe possibly be out there uh, or at least, you know, getting closer to being back, at least practicing. Right. Um, But when you have a, a knee injury like he does and he's had history, right, with 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 these type of injuries. I don't think you want to rush him back. Right. Uh, Especially since you're, you're, you're invested in him long-term, but at the same time, if you're Randy, maybe you're thinking in your head, well, I don't want to have the mental hurdle to have to go through at the beginning of next year playing. So why don't I play now, you know, the last couple of games and get over that mental hurdle, get, you know, back in some game shape and go into having a great off season. You could look at it that way. Right. I think Cortland Sutton is the same way. Hamstring, like I would assume he's out probably the next couple weeks at least. And then you're saying, okay, what are you really playing for? Do you want to go in healthy uh, to the off season or do you want to try and, and push it a little bit? I don't know, Nick, it's, it's a tough battle. Me personally, I'd probably just want to go play. Uh, cause I, I love to play, but also these guys have a lot of money on the line too. Right. Uh, you know, I, I guess Cortland and Randy might be bad examples cause they're locked up long-term um, but you know, if you're a guy that, maybe you're not locked up long-term, like let's say a KJ Hamler, which I think he's probably done for the year, but let's say he could come back for the last couple games. I think he might try and come back because he's got to make some plays to show, Hey, I deserve an extension in the next year or so. Right. Cause his contract's coming up. So I think it's different for each guy. Uh, I don't know how we, how would you have approached it, Nick, if, if you were a player and I know it's different for different guys, right? Again, Randy Gregory, he's got a five-year contract. Does he really need to come back? Or does he say, you know what, I just need to get healthy so I can play next year?
0: Well, it all depends on the severity of uh, the injury, right, and, and where the injury is on your body. If it's something dealing with your lower extremity, obviously you really have to uh, think about that because uh, those are really tricky. We were just talking about hamstrings. and the case with Randy Gregor, we're talking about a knee. And those are the type of things that would kind of not only put you down for the last five games – but just kind of uh, totally in your career. So you have to be really smart about that. Now, if you're a guy that's on an expiring deal and you need to showcase your ability uh, to this team or to the next coach, if the Broncos go in that direction, you want to get out there and you want to show what you can do because you want to make sure at the end of the season, you put some good film together as they start to think about how they're going to build this team uh, in 2023. But, you know, if you are a veteran guy when you feel that that you've made a substantial amount of money and you're, let's just say you have a player that's kind of contemplating retirement, then maybe you don't do it. For me, you know, being just my makeup, I'll do it anyway. Hell, I, I had a, a knee injury and I told them when they said, well, you know what, Nick, your season is over. And I said, well, wh- what other things that we can do to get me back on the field? Well, we can take your meniscus out. Right, and you'll be back in two weeks. Go ahead, take it out. I don't need it. And then I was told, yeah, uh, Stupido, you will need it because if they take that out of your knee as you start to age, then you're gonna have to have knee replacement surgery. And I was like, ooh, I don't want any part of that. So I'll, I'll sit out. So it all depends uh, at, uh, at on what stage of your career you're at, what your money and your financial situation looks like, and that would determine the decision of a lot of players where to try to make it come back or to just kind of sit and sit on IR.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough call, right? I mean, you, you again, guys are playing for money. Uh, some of these guys that we're talking about are, are locked up long term, so you got to start thinking about your future and, and do you really want to push something uh, for a team that is honestly just not playing for a whole lot right now? Um, you know, I'm sure – I also don't I, – Hack it. I mean, the way that they've handled injuries, like he doesn't seem like someone that's going to push any of these guys to play – uh, if if they can't or if they're not 100%. I mean, you even saw Jerry yesterday. I think he was a little frustrated. I think he wishes he was out there a little bit more. But he even said after the game, he goes, I knew I wasn't 100%. The coaching staff said, don't push it. Go as much as you can. Uh, they had him on a snap count. And he, he was effective when he was in there. And I think it was tough because I know there was a lot of people out there like, well, why isn't Jerry in the game on third down? It's like, well, because there's only certain things. He even said after the game, but there's only certain things he can do with the way his ankle is operating right now. So, I think they're taking the right approach by that. You're not going to see the coaching staff, even though they know that they might be fired. They're not going to be like, Cortland, we got to get you out there because we need to win, because my job's on the line. That's not happening, which I think is is a good thing, right, Nick? I mean, you don't want that to happen. So uh I, I think it's gonna be interesting. What what you laugh? You laughed at me. You think I think you think I'm naive? You think I I I I I'm wrong in that?
0: No, I'm not saying that you are naive, but he here's how the NFL works in the business of football. See, the way that they try to encourage a player to get out there and play, they don't really bark at him or, or just kind of scream at him. They just kind of test your manhood. Oh, I thought you were tough. They told me that you were tough, right? I guess they were wrong. So someone will walk past you in the training room or in the locker room or while you're sitting down eating your food and, or even when you're standing on the sideline watching practice. Right, it's been in my, my experience that that's happened. Someone would walk by and go, "Yeah, man, shoot, they said you were tough, but I guess they were wrong." And then the first thing you say is, "Gosh, darn it." Now my 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 toughness is being questioned. My manhood is being challenged. So guess what happens, George? You foolishly go, "You know what? Let me put on my cliques and go back out there." Right? It happens. It happens on teams that are winning, and it happens on teams that are losing. So when you said that. I, I immediately, I immediately went back to a situation where I was, you know, at practice and someone just walked past me and just whispered in my ears. Hey man, they told me those guys from Georgia tech were tough, but I guess uh, they don't make them like they used to. And I'm like, man, what am I supposed to do with that now? I guess I got to get back out there. And that's exactly what I did.
1: Huh? Well, again, I've never been in that situation. I've had people walk by me and go, man, I thought, People said you were. I thought people said you were really cool, George. I they said. I thought they said guys from Oklahoma were really cool. I guess. I guess that's not true. Uh, yeah. That's what they say, That's what they say to me, Nick. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Look, they've got. I mean, again, they got a lot of guys on the IR. Uh, but uh, if they don't come back, a lot of opportunity for some other guys, right? I mean, you've got again that young receiving core. You'd love to see Jalen Virgil get more involved. Uh, Mantra Washington. Man, I think that kid, Nick, and we can dive into this later this week because we got to wrap this thing up soon. But I do think that kid is—it's all in his head right now uh, because we've seen him. You know, he was a special player in college. We've seen flashes of it in Denver, especially in the return game where he can do some different things. Uh, and I just think it's—it's it's not clicking for him right now, and, and it might even be a little bit of a confidence thing. So there's some guys again, like I said, some young guys that can really make a role. Brandon Johnson. Um, is another one, right, that, that could really carve out a role for himself moving forward if, if, if he can come out and play some good football here. So uh going to be interesting to see. I will say it was good to see Jerry Judy out there, right? What um, I, I, what'd you think of his performance? And we'll wrap it up after that.
0: Yeah, I thought it was great. And, uh, I mean, he said it best. We didn't see a lot of uh, Jerry Judy the way we wanted to. And that only added to the negative uh, criticism of Jerry Judy of what he is not and how much of a bust he, he is. But, yeah, he was really limited. He was on the pitch count because of that that ankle injury but once again when you start to take guys out of the mix it makes things that much difficult but at the same time you mentioned a couple of guys who we should see more of we should have seen more of but we haven't but uh we'll leave that for a later conversation because that's a bigger topic that we could dig in to uh later in the week
1: yeah definitely we've we've got a lot to talk about this week i know that it seems like we're we're talking about some of the same stuff, Nick, but I think we can we can break down some some more stuff this week too. And, and it's Chiefs week, Nick. Uh, 13 in a row, this group has lost to to the Chiefs. So maybe they can – I mean, I think they're like nine-point underdogs. So I, I doubt they'll pull off the upset, but maybe we can dive into how they can pull off one of the big subsets in recent franchise history. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast. We will see you guys – uh, again later this week to talk about the Chiefs game uh, and also just this Broncos team and where they go to now sitting at 3-9. and nine.